Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Your Bible references work and labor almost 800 times. Clearly, this topic is extremely important to God. On Monday, I talked about how work makes us more like God and how hard work does benefit God's work. Today, we'll just focus a little bit more on some of the other benefits. These are tangible, obvious benefits that you don't necessarily have to be in a deep spiritual frame of mind to understand. Anyone can easily grasp these Bible principles as they apply to us in real life. We can experience these things in real life every single day. Let's take a moment just to consider the devastating effects on the entire world when people are lazy. Now, obviously, there are problems with poverty and homelessness and begging, and there are a variety of causes for those types of things. But mainly, when people end up in situations like that, it does come from some sort of wrong choice, some sort of wrong path chosen in life. And a big part of that is just not working as hard as we possibly could. The lack of personal responsibility today really is crippling, mentally crippling to so many people. Mr. Joel Hilliker talked about that on Trumpet Hour this week, this race grievance industry where people are brainwashed into thinking that no matter how hard you work, no matter how much effort you exert, some people are just going to be held down by race, or it could be gender, or it could be economic class, whatever it, whatever it might be. The idea is that we're all helpless victims, and no matter how hard we work, we're just going to be stuck there. That's a miserable way to live, and it does shape government policy even. There's this push toward really socialist and communist government all around the world where basically governments can steal people's hard-earned money by force. They can just require it. They can take half of people's money if they want to. And the reason that is such a popular way of governing is because so many people want the government to steal from hard workers. The lazy are voting for those who will steal from hard workers and redistribute that money to them. This is talked about in the Bible directly. Proverbs 21, verses 25 and 26. The desire of the slothful kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and spares not. So the righteous, the hard workers, are giving. They're making 
more money and they have more to give, so they're more willing to give. But how much can they really give if all their money is taxed from them and they're not enjoying the full benefit of what they worked for? So government force, government taxation to the extreme does take away the motivation to work hard. It does hurt the hard worker. It penalizes the hard worker in favor of the lazy. But you see these desires, these, these covetous ways of thinking kill the lazy people. They can get caught up in get-rich-quick schemes. They can just sit back and get jealous about all the benefits that hard workers are reaping. And they want the government to penalize those people. What a shame. That's the way things are going today. The hard workers should be rewarded, but it's actually the opposite, at least when it comes to human government. Now, as we'll see, God does very highly reward hard work. And his blessings offset the penalties that government and other people can impose on us for working hard. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. There's a clear connection there between health and prosperity. We need health to be able to work hard. We need to work hard to be able to prosper. So we have to have an engine, a physical body, a mind that is operating as well as it possibly can as we keep God's health laws. And that will really help us work hard and benefit from that. Now, God's health laws coincidentally do not include injecting ourselves with poison so that we don't get that poison naturally <laughs> in, in the case of the virus these days. God's health laws do not include locking ourselves in our homes for over a year, putting cloth or some other type of mask over our breathing holes, outlawing normal breathing. We want to get sunshine and fresh air. We want to have a lot of drink a lot of water, get good sleep, exercise, have proper diet so that we can work as hard as possible and then prosper from that labor. That's that's what God wants. He's speaking through the apostle John there. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. God wants us to enjoy a prosperous life. John 10, verse 10, Christ says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The abundant life. And it's only possible from working hard. It is amazing, though, that, that aspect of health and how important that is to working hard. I've experienced both sides of that, days that I feel great and am obviously going to be a lot more productive, and other days where I don't feel great and not as much gets done. 
But God does want us to experience that abundant life. That, that affects everything we do every day. A lot of energy in our contact with him and with our families, raising our families the right way, pouring ourselves into our jobs and other responsibilities, even making the most of our free time. It's just an exciting, happy way of life. And it does stem from hard work. Proverbs 14, verse 23 says, In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tends only to penury or poverty. It's nice to talk. It's nice to have ideas. But it does take work to put good ideas into action and benefit from those ideas. Proverbs 10, verse 4 says, He becomes poor that deals with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Now, it's not that we're all trying to become rich. That's not really the focus of working hard. We do want to prosper. We do want to enjoy the abundant life from hard work. But wealth is not the end goal. You can look at Proverbs 23, verses 4 through 5. It it talks about riches and how they can take wings and fly away. Riches are fleeting. They can disappear in an instant. The economy could crash. And our life savings could be lost. Who knows? Sometimes we are victims of circumstance like that. And if wealth is our primary goal... How depressing would that be if we lost a lot of money from forces beyond our control? There has to be a greater motivation for us working hard. Because that wealth could just fly away. I really love this this verse. This is just something I've been thinking about all week. How encouraging this really is. Ecclesiastes 2, verse 24. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw, that it was from the hand of God. So God wants us to enjoy the full fruits of our labors. He wants us to come home fulfilled and content after a hard day of work, and to be able to feel like maybe we have earned a little bit of downtime. Maybe we have earned our dinner or whatever else it might be. And maybe we can enjoy some, some leisure, some entertainment, as long as there is some sort of a value to it. God wants us to enjoy good in our labor. Now, doesn't that totally obliterate the belief that Jesus Christ was a communist? If we all are supposed to enjoy the fruits of our labors, and some people work hard and some people don't, obviously the fruits of our labors are going to be very different from each other. The hard workers are going to have more fruits And God wants us to be able to keep our own fruits, enjoy our own fruits, not sit back and take from other people and benefit from their hard work. 
not leech off other people. I just love the way that's phrased. Ecclesiastes 2, verse 24. There is nothing better for a man. Nothing better for us than to work hard and reap the rewards. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 22 says something similar. Wherefore, I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works. For that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? So, enjoying our own works, our own portion. That's what God wants for all of us. Again, these are all very tangible, physical benefits to working hard. Anyone can put this into practice. Anyone who's never heard of God and his truth before could work hard and experience these verses applying to their own lives, even if they didn't know about these verses. There is cause and effect, and when we work hard, we are blessed for that. And it's something we can all experience. And it really does feel good to work hard. There's physical labor, there's mental labor. Both have their benefits. I remember when I was younger, got to uh, work a lot on landscaping here on the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus in Edmond, Oklahoma. I would often hold a weed whacker all day long, and at the end of the day, my hands were buzzing a little bit. But the campus looked a lot better because I got to make sure that the lawns weren't just mowed, but that the edges were trimmed too. That does make a big difference in the aesthetic appeal of landscaping. We got to plant flowers, pull weeds, cut down dead trees, plant trees, build rock walls, dig irrigation lines. And I just remember all the time how enjoyable that was. We'd be out there, people, people my age, we'd be working together, talking, enjoying the, the sunshine. We'd be getting stronger from lifting those heavy rocks and things like that. And during breaks, uh, the kitchen here on campus would, would provide us with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That was quite the great morale boost. And then I'd go home exhausted and knowing that I made the most of that day. And, I mean, there's really few feelings in the world like that, coming home after a long day of hard physical labor, knowing that you're done and knowing that you need to rest before you go and do it again tomorrow. Now, on the other hand, there's mental work, and that takes a lot of focus. There can be a lot of distractions on, on screens when we're sitting at a desk all day. So you have to put those things away and just lock in. And sometimes that creative type of work uh, can be just as fulfilling as the hard physical work. Finishing some sort of creative project like a radio show right now, for example, it feels great to complete something like that, to really focus on it and get it done. And mental work can be pretty tiring as well. But that tiredness tells us that we got something good done and that we were using our time to some sort of good effect. 
work really is rewarding. It's satisfying when we're done. And God wants us to feel those good feelings so that we want to work more. We all know what it's like if we didn't make the most of our time on a particular day. And then the day's over and we we feel guilty. Maybe we let some responsibilities slip that we're just going to have to make up for tomorrow. So it's a little bit more stressful. It, It doesn't feel as good. It's not as nice to relax in the evening if we didn't even work hard during the daytime. We don't want to live that way and and feel like we're not meeting our purpose. A lot of the time, work provides one of our main purposes in life. We want to try to make the most of that. And it's not just that it feels good. God actually does command hard work. You can look at Exodus 20. The Sabbath command is often remembered for being a command to rest one of the seven days of the week. You have this seventh day, Saturday, Sabbath, Friday sunset to Saturday sunset. But notice what else it says. Verse 8 is that Sabbath command, but verse 9, Exodus 20, verse 9 says, Six days shall you labor and do all your work. So we don't work physically, On the Sabbath, we don't go to our jobs and make money on the Sabbath. But we should be working hard the other six days so that the Sabbath rest is even more appreciated and effective. And we can take that rest and rejuvenate so that we can work hard the next week too. The Sabbath rest is a command, and so is the instruction to labor the rest of the week. The Bible strongly condemns avoiding work. In fact, the Bible strongly encourages personal responsibility, not really self-reliance. God has to be the source of everything we do, the power behind what we're doing. But there is an element of personal responsibility. We have to do everything we can. We have to do our part to submit to God, and then he'll do the rest for us. But doing our part does take a lot of work. 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 10 through 12 say, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. And then actually we'll read verse 14 as well. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. So basically, this is saying that laziness is a cause to be put out of God's church. I mean, if it gets bad enough where we are a burden on other people, we're leeching off other people, we're not supporting ourselves even even if we're healthy and able-bodied, God strongly condemns that. 
and he doesn't even want us to be a part of his one true church. And perhaps, hopefully, that correction would cause repentance and we could come back learning that lesson. But basically, this passage, 2 Thessalonians 3, is talking about keep your mouth shut, put your head down, and work hard. There's no value to just walking around and trying to hear and spread the latest gossip and rumors. It doesn't help anybody. It actually hurts people's reputations. Nothing is produced of any value. We could talk all day. We could philosophize about life, and yet it doesn't have any value. God is judging us by fruits. We have to actually be working and trying to get things done. And like it says there, if any would not work, neither should he eat. What a different world it would be today if we all tried to obey that. Instead, there's all kinds of welfare fraud. I've heard plenty of stories of uh, people, employers dealing with people who come in for a job interview without even really intending to get the job. Because they have to meet a certain quota of times that they interview for jobs so that the welfare checks can keep on coming in. They don't want to work. They're intentionally not doing well on their interviews so that they don't get hired. And then they can just tell, I guess, the welfare agent, well, I did try. I did interview. (laughs) And then they'll just keep getting checks. They'll keep getting paid by the government for doing nothing. God says we shouldn't even be allowed to eat if we don't work hard. Quite a different way of looking at it. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 11 through 12 state, And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing. So this is talking about members of God's church being a strong example of hard work that anyone in the world could see. Them that are without, they should be able to see these strong examples of hard work. They should be able to see us being blessed for our hard work, and they should want to copy those examples to receive the same blessings. God's way of life is not just some sort of feel-good words. It can be put into practical action, and it should be. And when it is, we're happier for it. We're blessed for it. Like I mentioned earlier, it's not about getting rich. We have a couple of excellent financial booklets available to you for free at thetrumpet.com. We have the financial law you can't afford to ignore and solve your money troubles. But you can learn from those how God is just basically the most generous, trustworthy business partner we could ever have. God built the earth. He created the earth. All the resources on the planet from which we are able to work and create and build and design God lets us use. God lets us use his earth to reap rewards and benefits from our labor. And in return, he asks for only a very small amount. 
of our money. And you can learn more about that in those booklets. But God is a generous business partner. He lets us keep the vast majority of the money or the benefits we earn. And, and really, if we think about it that way, like we'd have nothing to work with. We couldn't work the ground. We couldn't build anything or do anything without the earth we live on. We couldn't do anything without the lives we live. And God created us too. So he really does not ask for much. He wants us to put him first, as Matthew 6, verse 33 states, and then all the other physical benefits will come pouring into our lives. If we're just working hard, putting him first, seeking first the kingdom, then everything else will follow. Everything else we could have ever imagined. Proverbs 6 gives us just a tangible example of the way we should be working. Again, an example that anyone out there can see. You don't have to be religious to understand this. Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provides her meat in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. So God's saying if we're lazy, we can look to the ant. There's around 10 trillion ants on earth. And you have to admit, every time you've seen an ant, it's not just sitting around. It's always walking somewhere with a purpose, oftentimes carrying something larger than its own body weight. It's always part of building its uh, hive or nest or whatever you call that, ant hill, and, and gathering up food underground for when the wintertime comes. No one has to tell it to do this. It's just scampering from job to job all day long. And that's exactly the way we should try to be. God does give us downtime on the Sabbath. There is time after work in the evenings or whenever we're done with work to rest as well. And we should be getting good sleep overnight. But that is an incredible example these ants running from job to job, just constantly working. They're productive, even though they don't really have an overarching purpose for their work. They don't have a larger potential to fulfill like we do. We can become like God through work. We can prosper and enjoy the finer things in life through work and be blessed in all kinds of ways. So we really should try to be like the ant. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.